This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 135. I'm James L. Rubart, but you can call me Jim. I'm Thomas Sumstadt Jr. And in this episode, we're going to talk to you guys about form- forming a local critique group. And when we say local critique group, we're talking about people you can actually sit down face to face with for support, encouragement, and critique of your writing. And this is something Thomas and I talk about the importance of in our five-year plan to becoming an instant overnight success as a novelist. But what if it's not possible? And this actually comes, and this, the, what spurred us to do this episode came from a listener, Evelyn Williamson. And she says, guys, I bought the five-year plan about a week ago. And one of the first things you said to do was to find a group near you. But there are not any groups near me, not just on meetup.com, but anywhere. The closest are an hour and a half away. Would I be compromising the success of the five-year plan if I didn't go to a physical meetup and joined a digital one instead? I'm thinking those would be much easier to find. Help. What <laughs> would you do? So, I mean, Thomas, this is a great question. Yeah, Evelyn, I totally feel you. And you're not the only person who's asked this question. A lot of people have asked this question. And it turns out that most writers want to join somebody else's writing group (laughs) because most writers are relatively introverted. They're relatively shy. And so they want someone else to create the group. And so you'll have a town with dozens of writers all hoping somebody else starts the writing group. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how you, Evelyn, can start your own (laughs) in-person writing group. So uh, now we've, we do, we've talked about doing online groups before, uh, with specifically with mastermind groups. We'll have links to the show notes on uh, where you can find those, but it's specifically, it's episode 20, 29 and episode 101. We've talked about doing online writing groups. So Evelyn, answer your question real quickly. Yes, an online group will work just fine, uh, but there's something really special about doing a group in person. There's a reason why a lot of the classic authors that you've heard of, like J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, Virginia Woolf, John Maynard Keynes, E.M. Foster, Ernest Hemingway, <laughs> Ezra Pond, Gertrude Stein, F. Scott Fitzgerald, basically name a the fam- list goes James on. L. Rubart, <laughs> name a famous author, there's a good chance that they are part of one or more groups. In fact, this may be one of the biggest things that no one talks about that separates struggling writers from well-paid best-selling authors is whether or not they're in a good writers group. And instead of hoping that fate smiles upon you and puts a writer group near you or in your town, it's you can take control of your life and start the group yourself. Let's talk a little bit about how to do that. Um, So uh, the good news is that writers groups are very easy to start. It's way easier than you might think. And the reason why they're easy to start is that there are dozens of authors around you that are waiting for you to start the group and would love to come to a group that somebody else starts. Jim? Yeah, it's funny because I live in a town of 1,400 people. So it is a tiny group. Uh, that that lives in this town. Well, it's actually, everyone around here calls it the village. The town is 20 minutes away and it's 3,500. So it's the, you know, the big, the big town. But Thomas, here's the fascinating thing. When I came here, I thought, well, there's not going to be any writing groups here. You know, you can't get enough writers even between the two towns. Well, there's three different writing groups in this town. And there's a writing group in my little town of Manson, 1,400 people. And, and I was surprised, but they are here. There are writers all over the place. Let's go back to that statistic that tells us 83% of people 
in America want to write a book. So there are definitely writers out there. It's just a matter of kind of uh, discovering them or, or getting them to come out of the woodwork. That's right. My church of 300 people had at one point two separate writing groups meeting on two different days of the week. And so you don't need a lot of people. You just need a leader. And that leader can be you. You don't. Leaders aren't born. They're made. This is a skill that you can learn. We're going to teach you some of what we've learned the hard way. I've started a bunch of different groups, uh, some of which were writing groups. And I've learned a thing or two along the process. And the, first, the final thing I want to say about how this is so easy, you don't need a big group. You know, you know, Jared Tolkien and Lewis, they were a part of a group that at tops was maybe 10 or 12 people often at a meeting i think it was closer to six so if you only have three or four people who are faithful and coming every week that's enough as long as you have the right people so let's talk about the right kind of people for your writing group you want uh members of your group who read books on craft i feel like if there's just one if you had like a facebook group and you have one question to sort out the wheat from the chaff chaff the question would be what is the most recent book on writing that you read and when did you read it? And so if they're like, oh, I read such and such book last month, they're a good person. If they're like, oh, well, I don't really read books on craft. I don't really read books on writing. Avoid those people because <laughs> they're not teachable and they're not learning. They don't know what they don't know. Um, so you want the kind of people who are reading books on craft. And the danger is you will get people who, if they're not reading and studying the craft, you'll get people in there with strong opinions. And they'll give you those strong opinions. Unfortunately, a lot of times those opinions are wrong because they're not learning the real fundamentals of, of writing. Yeah, they're very loudly echoing what their fourth grade teacher told them about writing, right. which is probably not the, what will help you actually sell a lot of books. Um, another thing to look for are writers who attend writing conferences. Uh, the best, easiest way to start a writing group is to go to a writer's conference near you and kind of at lunch or dinner, try to find other people who are in your area. Sometimes conferences will say, hey, everybody in such and such region will be at such and such table. And you can right there start a conference or a group of people at the conference uh, that are ready to go. And they're already teachable because they're at a writing conference. Another thing you need to look for is their attitude. And this is something that sometimes is hard to, to, to know for certain until you get in a group. But they're clues. You know this. One of, one of my favorite sayings is, attitudes are contagious or yours worth catching. And you want people in that group that have good attitudes that you do want to catch. Because one thing that will torpedo a group faster than anything is that person with a critical attitude and a critical spirit and somebody that's just always, always harsh on everyone else. Because what happens in those situations is Sally and Bob will just stop coming. They won't say why they'll just say, ah, it's just not working out for me anymore. When they're, when the reason is, is because Fred is just too critical all the time. That's right. Another thing that I encourage you to do is to find people who are at a similar place to you in their writing. You, if you have a few books out and everyone else is just getting started, that imbalance can create friction and jealousy. Uh, and if now it would be great if you're in a group with a bunch of best-selling authors, although they may be dealing with entirely different questions and you're really struggling to keep up. We find this in school, actually. If you take a struggling student and put them in with a bunch of A students, uh, often they don't perform very well because they just fall behind and they're, they're never able to catch up. So ideally, you want to find people who are at a similar place with your writing so you can have iron sharpening iron. And at the same time, it's nice. And, and this is actually going to happen organically. Most times I've seen this in the writing groups I've been involved in is you will have some people that are a little bit ahead of you and you will have some people behind. Um, so ideally, that's the mix you're going to get. And like I just said, most of the time you'll see that happen organically. That's right. The main thing here to fight is envy. So 
if you, even if you're all at the same place, that doesn't mean that, you know, a year from now you will be at the same pace. Most likely you as the leader are going to see more success uh, because there's a lot to be said about the power of motivation when it comes to continuing writing. If you're writing, if you're leading a writing group, you will be writing more. You will be writing uh, better just because you have the expectations of the group on you. And that's going to cause your career to advance. And the key here to keep them from being envious of you is you have to be the person who's the most successful has to be the greatest servant. They have to be the most generous with their time. And if you can model that, other people in your group will model that as well. And finally, another thing that's helpful, this is not a requirement, but it helps is if they're writing to a similar audience than you. So, it, you know, maybe you're all writing in the same genre and that could help. But what's even more important than writing in the same genre, in my opinion, is writing to the same group of readers. Because if I'm writing to 12-year-old boys and you're writing to 50-year-old women, uh, we may be giving each other the wrong advice <laughs> when it comes to the craft, right? There's certain things that 12-year-old boys are looking for that 50-year-old women will roll their eyes at. And uh, you need to have people who are able to tell the difference. Unless, of course, you write uh, Harry Potter and then the 50-year-old women will be <laughs> and the 12-year-old boys will, will be loving the same book. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so real quick, avoid writers who think they know everything. Uh, so know-it-alls can poison a group, especially a critique group. Uh, you also want to avoid, like Jim was saying, sarcastic and negative writers. And also you want to avoid writers who are crazy. So uh, I've run several writers groups and occasionally we have people who are just crazy who come. And I'll, I'll just say not all authors are crazy, but most crazy people <laughs> write in my experience. Uh, and good. so just That's keep good. an eye out for that. Uh, crazies uh, can make your group interesting, but sometimes uh, it makes it harder to sustain it. So let's talk real quick about the different kinds of writing groups. Our focus with this episode is primarily on uh, critique groups to help you improve your writing. And that's the focus uh, in our course, especially in the early years. Uh, you really want people to focus on your craft. Uh, but there are also two other kinds of groups we want to mention briefly. And those are publishing groups, which are focused more on the process of getting published. They tend to be bigger. They tend to have speakers. Uh, and they tend to meet less frequently. And then also mastermind groups, which are focused primarily on encouragement. And a mastermind group uh, can have people who don't even write. You know, maybe you have a YouTuber or a podcaster. It's about being motivated and encouraged more than it is about like the nuts and bolts of writing. Uh, but for a craft group, uh, you want uh, typically members are bringing samples of their writing. Uh, people are giving feedback on that writing and then you're holding each other accountable. So it's like, hey, Joe, you didn't bring a manuscript this week. What's going on? <laughs> and so the, the fact that you know you have to bring something to the group uh, causes you to keep writing. Yeah, good motivator for sure. So where do you, where, where in real life? So we've given you some theory here. Um, where in real life do you make these things happen? Often writing groups can start at a coffee shop. It's very easy. People know where it is. It's convenient. You can have coffee and it becomes not just the experience of being together, but having a little bit of coffee together, sharing, you know, a muffin or that kind of thing. So uh, we suggest that to start. Keep it small at first. Don't have the goal like we're going to get 12 people in our group. Start with three. And that could potentially be the core of your group. And then you say, okay, where do we want to go from here? How big do we want to get get this? In any group, you're going to have a core group of people who are kind of running things. And so say, Evelyn, you're the one that starts it. Well, you need a couple of people that come alongside you and go, hey, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll hold your arms up here and we'll uh, give you ideas and advice and encouragement as you lead this thing. So start small. 
That's right. Another reason why it's good to start small, especially with your venue, is that it creates a sense of excitement if you're sending somebody to go get more chairs uh, rather than you're in this huge room and that only a handful of people come. So I've been at meetings. In fact, I was at a meetup just a few days ago uh, and not very many people came. It, it was not a well-attended meetup. And that meetup typically had bigger meetups. But because the room they picked was small, it wasn't the end of the world. <laughs> they didn't pick a big room. So even though the turnout was small, it was okay. We still filled the room. Uh, so as you do get bigger, though, consider switching from a coffee shop where hopefully you're all buying coffee and you're all tipping well uh, to uh, like a church or a library. Um, churches often will help promote if it's the right church, they'll promote, you know, in the bulletin to their members. It can be a good way of getting the word out about your group. And libraries often really like working with authors. And you may be surprised the library may be willing to help you promote your books once it launches. You know, so if it's a the writer who's been coming to the library for a writing group for the last three years and ha- has a book out, that particular branch of that particular library will often be your best ally <laughs> in getting your book out there because you've gotten to know the librarians. They see you every Tuesday night. And the library, if you make friends with them, the librarians, you tell them, hey, I'm starting this writer group, you'd be surprised how many librarians go, oh my gosh, there's these writers who come here in here all the time, I'll, I'll get the word out for you. I'll tell them that this is happening. And, and you'll start to gather members uh, that way, simply with the help of your local library. That's right. Uh, now, when it comes to getting the word out, uh, the easiest thing, Evelyn, I would recommend is uh, just uh, creating a meetup group on meetup.com. Meetup will email uh, everyone on on meetup who's interested in writing in your area. So when you set up a meetup account, it asks you what your interests are. And so all of those introverted authors who are writing for somebody else to create a group, probably many of them already have meetup accounts. So that's the easiest way to get the word out. Libraries, of course, can help. And we have a course. um, We haven't mentioned this yet, but uh, Jim and I have created a course on how to start a writing group. I did the lion's share of the work on this, and it's an actual video course. And it, if you'd like to buy it as a standalone product, it's 30 bucks. Patrons, of course, get half off. But if you have the five-year plan, you get it for free. So Evelyn, you're going to get our full course and we'll go in specifically how to get members for your meetup group. But let's talk right now about how to run the meeting. Let's assume that you already have two or three friends that you know in your area who write. Uh, Jim, what do you do kind of to get ready before the meeting starts? Remember, if I think I'm shouting, you're hearing a whisper. In other words, you send out one reminder and you think everyone's going to show up. Not the case. Send out, as Thomas would phrase it, an uncomfortable number of reminders. People need to be reminded. And if they don't want to come, eventually they'll go, you know what? This group isn't for me. You can take me off this list. But people do in this day and age of being assaulted by so much social media and so many emails, they need to hear it a, a number of times. So don't be uncomfortable to do that. The next thing you should do is bring name tags, especially when you're just starting out, because we are introverted for the most part. Authors are. And it's like, oh, gosh, I should have remembered her name and I don't remember it. it it's, it's so nice to see the name right there. So you can start to call each other by name, which, as you know, breeds a sense of familiarity and, and, and being comfortable with each other. So another thing you can do is to make it run smooth is prepare an outline and an agenda ahead of time. Now, it might, it might go in a different direction and you might digress into a really great discussion on A, B, or C, and that's great. But if you have an agenda that tells the people that are coming, 
oh, this is really serious. There's been some thought put into this, and I'm comfortable because I get a feel now on what's going to happen. There's no surprises coming, and oh, it looks like we're going to end at this time. One of the one of the most frustrating things for people is when they come to a meeting, they go, okay, now when is this thing going to end? If it's right there in black and white, it, it just it makes people enter in and ease into the writing group a lot easier. And this will also help you knowing that you have the outline on paper will allow you to relax a little bit and engage with the people instead of being like trying to remember, okay, what are we doing first? What are we doing second? Uh, so make it easier on yourself, uh, put it on paper. And another thing that's good is to have some sort of icebreaker prepared ahead of time. So put on that agenda uh, an icebreaker to kind of help people get to know each other. Uh, so remember, your group is going to be full, full of a lot of introverted, shy authors. They're not all going to be shy. Every once in a while, you come across an author who's not shy. But a lot of them are. And you want to help them relax a little bit because they're sharing their writing. It's a very scary thing. And they have to feel comfortable to do that. And so you want to have some non-writing-related icebreakers. You know, The easiest one is everyone goes around and gives their name and what their favorite kind of ice cream is or what they had for breakfast. Something just to kind of help people connect on a human level. Uh, which helps them relax. Okay, so next, Thomas, we, we've, we're prepared. Evelyn has done her preparation. She's done these things. She's ready to go in. So give us the, the actual structure of the meeting. So how does, this, how does the meeting begin? Uh, so the uh, first thing you do, or what I recommend that you do with every meeting, is to give the vision for the group. Uh, in the course that we go through a lot more detail on why this is beneficial, especially for dealing with difficult people, um, you, if you cast good vision, it heads off a lot of problems <laughs> down the road. So you're answering the question, why are we here? So it can be something as simple as we are on a team to help each other write better books. Uh, so you're setting that uh, encouraging and humble tone. And you do this every single time you cast the vision. doesn't mean you give a five-minute speech. You can do this in 30 seconds. But it's really important to cast the vision every time. And I would also encourage you to have every group start with having everyone introduce themselves. There's a reason why Alcoholics Anonymous does this. <laughs> You've got introverted authors. Don't assume that because someone's been coming for six months, they know the names of everybody else in the group. As somebody who's terrible with names, I will say, it is so helpful when everyone goes around and introduces themselves as a part of the group so I don't have that awkward interaction where this person I've known totally for six months and I can't remember her name or his name, uh, now I can just pay attention when that person introduces themselves and says what their favorite um, fast food restaurant is or whatever. All right, so let's talk about the middle of the uh, meeting. So we started it off. Everyone's in a good mood. They've done their icebreaker. Now is when you have your activity planned. And there are different kinds of activities based off of what kind of group you have. So if it's a publishing group, somebody may speak. Uh, if it's a mastermind group, you might have a hot seat. But if it's a critique group, which is our focus with this episode, you're probably going to have either a writing exercise, which actually can be a lot of fun. The nice thing about a writing exercise is that no one has to do any preparation ahead of time. So your very first meeting, have a writing exercise. <laughs> so everyone brings their computers. You have paper and pen for the you know people who forgot to bring their computer. And you give some sort of writing trigger. Uh, and everybody writes based off of the same exercise. And then you share. Maybe people read at the end. And you have a lot of fun with it. The next thing we want to talk about is writing critique itself. And I'm going to tell a real brief story, but I think this will be instructive in how you run the critique portion. So say you've decided in your group, you're going to give email critique or give it um, right then and there. And then the next time you get together, you're going to critique each other's work. 
you have to ask this question. Do they want critique or do they want encouragement? And here's my story. This was years ago. And my friend Jerry and I had this magic act that we would do together. And we did this show uh, in the Seattle area. And there was like 600 people there. And it went over. I mean, it was just went over extremely well. And I went to my business partner at the time after the show. And I said, well, so what do you think? You know, what, what kind of input would you, 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 you give me? And what I really wanted him to say is, you were fantastic. And what he said instead is, well, your blocking wasn't great, and you had some delays here, and you could have sped this up here, and I thought your pattern was strong here, but not so good here. And he basically critiqued the show, which was really good input. But what I wanted <laughs> was not critique. I asked for critique. That's not what I wanted. So you have to be sensitive, especially starting out, that some of the people there what they need most of all is just encouragement. You've risked showing me your writing. Now I want to give you encouragement. And so the sandwich method of critique is really important. And you guys are probably familiar with it. But the sandwich, the sandwich method is I tell you something that I like here. Then I get into the meat and I say, well, I think you could improve this and this and this here. And then you close with another piece of bread saying, gosh, this was really good. I really enjoyed this part of it. So all I'm saying is be really careful when you're doing the critique and make sure you have that bread on either side. Yeah, that's really important. And you need to model this uh, as the leader. You need to go first when it comes to giving critique and be as positive, encouraging as possible. And another really great way of kind of positioning this is that this isn't something you did wrong. It's like, here's a way you can make your story better. Yeah, that's good. And that totally changes it, right? It's it's not red pen flashbacks of school. It's like, hey, you'll your readers will enjoy it more if you uh, show more and tell less or whatever. Uh, and so that's a really great way to do it. Uh, and again, in the course, we go into more detail on how to do this. But finally, the final format of a meeting, and I love this. There's a group here in Austin, and the title of the group is Sit Down, Shut Up, and Write. <laughs> so they start their <laughs> meetings with a certain amount of chit-chat. Let's say it's a one-hour meeting. They have 15 minutes of chit-chat, everybody writes for 30 minutes, and then they have 15 minutes of chit-chat. I think it's like typically they have two-hour meetings. Everyone writes for an hour and a half. And there's, you know, you're all there, you're all writing together, and there you got your chit-chat at the beginning and the end, but in the middle, there is no talking. You're shutting up and you're writing, and you're motivated because everyone around you is doing the exact same thing. And during NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, they'll meet every single day. <laughs> so it's like every night at 7 o'clock, they're at such and such coffee shop sitting down, shutting up, and writing. And I think that that's such a fun way to write a community and a really great format that you can use for your group and really easy for you as the leader. You don't have to be the guru. You don't have to be the expert. All you have to do is make sure that people shut up and write. <laughs> and you can shut up and write yourself. And it sounds silly. I, it, when I first heard of this idea, uh, I thought, what? I'm going to sit and write with these people. And I actually, when I've done this with, I did this with a couple of my critique partners and it was so powerful to be sitting. It was inspiring to be sitting next to other people who I knew love to write and we're writing. And I'd glance, we, all three of us were on our laptops and we just glance up and it was just, it was the coolest feeling. So if you've never done that, I would encourage you to try it in your group. Yeah, you will find you do so much writing <laughs> when you're writing in an accountable group like this. Uh, so let's talk about how to end the group. But first, we have our featured patron. Uh, so our featured patron is? Is Lauren Lynch, which is a great name. I love that author name. <laughs> so Lauren, um, thank you for being a patron. We appreciate it so much. She has the Time Drifter series. 
Lauren writes faith-infused historical fantasies created to challenge readers of all ages. She wants us to explore ancient civilizations like Pompeii and Cappadocia, Cappadocia from a Christian worldview. You can join her newsletter, and that's the best way to stay in touch with her by going to her website, which is laurenlynch.com, and that's L-Y-N-C-H.com. You can get free eBooks from her. You can get free updates, and you'll find a link in the show notes if that slips your mind. So again, Lauren Lynch with the Time Drifter series. And uh, thank you so much for your patronage. And as always, all the links we talk about are available. Just swipe up or to the side, depending on what app you're using. All right, so ending the meeting. Uh, The most important thing about ending your writing group meeting is to end on time. (laughs) So There's always going to be another meeting coming up. Uh, So don't feel like you have an excuse to go over. It's important to leave end on time and end with people wanting more. So if you go late, people often get satisfied and then they're exhausted and they may not come back. Now, just because you end on time doesn't mean you should kick everyone out. (laughs) Expect there to be post-meeting chit-chat. In fact, the sign of a healthy writing group is that they're post-meeting chit-chat. So when you get a venue, uh, say you have the library room for two hours, have the meeting end 15 minutes before or 30 minutes before you're kicked out of the room. You never want to be the person kicking people out of the room as the leader. That kills the community you're trying to create. Uh, The only exception to this is if you're kicking people out of the room and to the after party, right? So you meet at the library and there's no food and drink because librarians don't like food and drink in their libraries. But it's like, hey, we're all going to Starbucks afterwards. Then, you know, you can maybe kick people out to that. But the idea here is that you're trying to get those two sticks of community to rub together. And once you get that fire started, it can just roar and continue for years and years. Um, and then finally, and I've learned this the hard t- hard way, you always want to next the, announce the next meeting's meeting time and topic and place if you move from place to place, which I don't recommend, but sometimes you have to. Uh, you want to announce all of that at the current meeting. Uh, so tell everyone why they should come back and where they should come back and when they should come back. Uh, this requires a little bit more planning on your part as the leader, but it really is helpful to have that uh, figured out. So hopefully this is helpful. I realize that this is just an overview. If you want to learn more on how to do this, we have the course, How to Start a Writing Group. So this is based off of my I think, yeah, I've been doing this for 10 years of running writing groups and starting writing groups and other kinds of groups. I've run over a dozen different groups over the last uh, 10 years. And everything I learned the hard way I've put into this course, which is um, we're going to talk about what group format to pick. So the advantages and disadvantages of the different formats, where and how to meet in real life, where to meet online. So there's a whole segment if you have an online writing group, how to do that. We talk about how to find great group members. So if you're trying to grow your group and get bigger, I have a whole uh, session just on that. We talk about managing the community in between meetings. So online tools, even if you have an in-person meeting, like how should people interact online in between and what tools to use, uh, when to meet. Uh, so there's sometimes they're better to meet than others. We'll talk about that. And then how to run a meeting. So that's like the core part of the course. And then we have an advanced section where we talk about multiplying your group, transitioning leadership, and how to deal with difficult group members. So um, you probably want to listen to the how to deal with difficult group members before you have a difficult group member. <laughs> Don't wait until you have. But I talk about yeah. five different kinds of bad actors that may be a part of your group. And 
how to deal with each one specifically. And don't don't let that scare you. Most of the groups I've run, I've never had any trouble with bad members, but it is good to know kind of, oh, here's how to handle this uh, certain kind of person. So if somebody's a jerk, I talk exactly about how to handle a jerk in your writing group, in your critique group. So um, it's normally $25. You can buy it for $25. We'll have a link in the show notes. Patrons, of course, get 50% off. You can find your patron coupon on the Novel Marketing Patreon uh, campaign and patrons get 50% off all of our courses. So it it pays a lot of money to become a patron. And of course, if you already have the five-year course, you will get uh, this course added to that for free. So there's no reason. I know a lot of our listeners are going through the five-year plan. There's no reason not to take this course and start a writing group. You have been listening to James L. Rubart and Thomas Umstead Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thank you so much for listening.